I get I mean, it. You got to go to prison for your next uh, boxing training. I mean, I feel Dude, like you'd come out on Mike top. Mike Tyson got jacked in prison. So did Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt and Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. What's up, nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. All right. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We do appreciate any help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Check out our website, whatsourverdict.com, where you can sign up for our email list for exclusive content and updates. Today, we're reviewing Shot Caller. It was released August 18th, 2017. It was written and directed by Rick Roman Waugh. It stars Nicolaj Coster Waldau, Omari Hardwick, John Barenthal, Emery Cohen, and Lake Bell. A newly released prisoner is forced by the leaders of his gang to orchestrate a major crime with a brutal rival gang on the streets of Southern California. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, if you want to avoid spoilers, go check out this movie. You can watch it on Netflix currently right now or wherever you stream your movies. Then come back, pick up where we left off with us, and we'll spoil it. But if you don't care about spoilers, hang out, listen. So we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. Let's just jump right in, guys. This movie's out there. Crazy. Interesting shit goes on. What a great freaking movie. Like, finally, we watched a good movie. It's been like two months. We we watched a good movie. I I am a sucker for a good, like, prison gang movie. You know how, like, you have a bunch of, like, white chicks who are into true crime? Like, prison gang movies is like my white chick thing. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Javier, did you ever watch Gangland? No. What? You should watch Gangland. I have seen... I've seen Prison Break. Does that count? <laughs> no. no. Sucker for that show, too. I was all for this whole, like, prison shit until you said it's freaking Prison Break. You didn't like Prison Break? No, I hated that show. Oh, I don't even know what to think of you right now, JJ. Well, that's no different than most days. So Unbelievable, man. With that being said, to back up my boy uh, Javier Ortiz uh, over here, dude, I have been contemplating watching this movie again tonight. I loved this movie. That's good. You guys can thank Ian. This was Ian's choice. Thank you, Ian. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. I finally made a good pick. Yeah. Because JJ has been picking the last few movies. <laughs> Whoa, I haven't been picking shit. I've just been going with what's new. <laughs> hey, my, my last two picks have sucked. Oh, yeah, it did, sir. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Matson has the crown right now for shitty movie picks. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of kick off why I like this movie, I really enjoyed how they showed us kind of the beginning of the end when he was already hardened and, and was coming out of prison. But then I loved how they did these flashbacks that built up to how he got to the point yeah. that he was kind of already at. I really enjoyed the character development of him. And the reason I like this movie so much, as you guys know, time and time again, I always bring up how much I love Breaking Bad. The reason this movie clicked for me so well is because of the character progression of this main individual whose the, the name escapes me. But just seeing how he got to that point was so realistic for me because he made choices that I could see myself if I was in a similar situation. I mean, I'm going to have to clan up or I'm I'm a redhead that's going to get freaking dominated in prison. I got to do something. I'm, I'm sorry, this isn't funny. But like, that right. I'm not, I'm not even going to. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Manson. <laughs> well, now I got to hear it. I gotta edit it out. I will, but what were you gonna say, Javier? Let's hear it. I'm just gonna say, Madsen, you might be the dude that gets raped on like day one, and you wouldn't be. 
No, that's fair. What makes me different than you? You're a redhead and you're lanky, you know? Yeah, I'm here can box. I'm I'm still a hundred and like ninety something pounds. No, I'm not yes, saying I am lanky. You wouldn't try to defend yourself. I'm just saying you got got a nice booty. <laughs> <laughs> Notice oh, how Ian's been silent through this whole thing. We've got some <laughs> contemplating to do on what to keep in this episode and what not to. <laughs> Sorry, that's going to be my only rape joke because that's not funny. Hey, that's actually a question that I have about that, though. When he first gets into, and remind me, was he in jail or was he in prison when he first goes in? I always get those two mixed up. I think he was in jail and then he got like convicted and they got transferred to like an actual prison. And then it's a prison. Okay, but when he was in jail in that like big gymnasium and then those, those dudes go after that one guy in his bunk would did they like punch him and then also rape him because it yeah, oh, kind of yeah. sounded like yeah. they did yeah that guy got raped okay that's what i thought that was a hard scene to watch that was a very hard scene to watch that was all oh, that like the look on money's face like when it dawned on him like okay so this is where i am this is the world that i live in now and then the very next scene he walks out into the yard he accidentally bumps into that one guy and the guy's trying to throw down with him and he just goes freaking ape crazy on him like yeah like that makes sense it's either that or get raped right so might as well throw some punches yeah it's a the whole movie's a little rough like uh, and it's one of those things where i think that's what i like the most about it and mattson you mentioned the fact that there's a lot of character development and and i think that's good and i think that that you know drives this movie without his arc and trying to figure out how he got to where he is this movie i wouldn't it wouldn't be interesting to me like i i agree yeah i to me it was just like most of the things that happened in it were so extreme that to me it was like for shock value and I get that that's what it was but you also had to have that in order to understand how he got there but those are the days they only showed the days the flashbacks of the really hardship most of the days he was probably in there just hanging out at the freaking picnic table with bottles and not doing anything you know what I mean and so it's one of those things where I get for the story perspective they have to do that because you got to get to where you understand how he got there but without that it's not as cool as a, of a movie Though I did have some questions later on in the movie about some of his motives, but yeah, that reminds me of like that that episode of The Office where they find out that one dude went to prison, and he's like, "No, it was pretty cool. It was like a lot of TV, played basketball, took a lot of business classes." <laughs> did we meet Prison Mike? I actually just watched that episode the other day. So <laughs> Michael Such Scott got totally pissed. <laughs> like, <laughs> such a good episode. Anyway, but going back to what Matt has said about like the flashbacks, those totally worked for me. I think those flashbacks are like hit or miss. You know, sometimes they're done well and sometimes they're like not done super well. They're just confusing. Dude, I thought this movie used being in the present and flashing back super well. And I like how I they agree. use the facial hair to kind of like mark it. And I right. yeah. offer those visual cues so that like help me piece it together and know where he's at in the story. For movies that uses this, like multiple timelines, I think it meshed together really well. I concur. Let me ask this, you guys this because as I'm watching this, first of all, like he comes in and he decides and he's told by his lawyer friend to go after someone and not, you know, you got to set that standard. But I'm also, and this kind of goes to the fact that I also... How does this lawyer know? Well, no shit. <laughs> that, that's one thing. Like, first of all, you're a lawyer. If you haven't been in prison, don't tell me what 
prisons like. Why would you take advice from some white dude who's never been to prison before? <laughs> As a side note, how many fights do you think are started by people going to prison for the first time and just like slugging some dude in the cafeteria? Because that's what we see in TV and movies all the time. That you just <laughs> kind of find the biggest guy and just freaking knock him on his ass. And then they later find out like, dude, you don't have to do that, man. Like, no one's going to try to stab you. I'm just waiting for somebody in the prison system to like put out a memo like to the public that says, look, if you go to prison, Prison, the last thing you want to do is walk in and just punch the biggest guy in the building. That's <laughs> dumb shit. And it doesn't get you anywhere. Because <laughs> then you've got the biggest guy in the prison all pissed at you for the next 10 years. And he's probably got more friends in there than you do. And they're not going to be friends with you anymore because you just punched the biggest dude in the building. <laughs> They don't want to get their ass kicked with you. One thing I wanted to say is towards one of the first flashbacks with the whole car accident when they're having a great time with their basically going on like a, a couple's date. It's pretty much out with your best friend and their wife. And then the accident happens. And to one, you, you have the shock of you just killed your best friend. But then you find out, I don't know, a couple weeks later or maybe a month later, whatever it was, that the wife is then suing you and your family for everything that you have because you killed her husband and i mean i can understand both sides of it but man like it just never got any easier for him so his best friend the actor is schmidt and new girl right can that, can that guy play anything other than a wall street pretty boy <laughs> i swear everything i've seen him in is in a suit because he's a financial analyst or something <laughs> It's a true story. Uh, anyway, but I also thought it was very weird for a dude who has a DUI, basically like a kind of DUI manslaughter charge in like a maximum security prison with gang members and like legit capital murderers. I just feel like that was a lot. <laughs> Well, to be fair, he started off in the minimum security side. That's where he was at with all the bunks when he was in the blue outfit. And yeah, but that's what the gangs were, right? Well, like, they were out in the yard. The that's what the lawyer was saying, though. Like, all violent crimes are basically put together, and this counts as a violent crime, so you're in there with violent people. Sure, but he would have been able to stay where he was in that little bunk area with all the guys in the blue suits had he not walked out and beat the, or tried to beat the shit out of that guy. If he had just minded his business and went over in a corner and hung out, took his little ass ripping like you like a man and he would i mean i don't know that you want to based on what they showed us in the movie you don't want to go back to the bunk because now they know but i mean really he there was a side that wasn't bad and then those that are in the cells and they bring them in those are the really really scary guys that he goes out in the yard with so i mean there's that version but you're not wrong like i and i don't know the prison system especially now well enough to know how that would actually work but yeah it's a fair point. They had to make it exciting. Should we get a prisoner's point of view on this? We should have, yeah, should have gotten a prisoner on here. We should have put our feelers out. <laughs> well, no, I have, a, I have a couple buddies I could have called. Dude, if that's the case, we absolutely should like start thinking ahead, right? Like we know people in prison. If we know some Wall Street people. Next movie, guys, we're going to brainstorm this. Yeah, we'll see if we know any witches. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you Sam knows some witches. Oh, she just might. Yeah, because didn't she say she just joined a cult or something? I don't remember. <laughs> something like that. I love you, Sam. <laughs> So the other part that I struggled with, and I get the end, like where after the Beast, who I love that actor, by the way, that plays him. I could, dude, whenever they said the word the Beast, I could only think of James McAvoy and Split, except the little kid <laughs> the version. Beast. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Beast. The Beast could get you, man. That's all I could think of. So I'm sorry. The, the nickname The Beast like has really lost its oomph for me after that movie. That's hilarious. Well, that one did come out after this one. So that makes sense. But yeah, so I get when The Beast threatened him after he was a part of the group and threatened his family, right? Like why he chose to continue. But it seemed like he had given up on that long before he was about to leave. Like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what it, it, I seem to feel like he wasn't planning on being a part of his wife and kids life long before there was that threat and i guess for me and i kind of understand like he changed he's at this point he's killed someone and he you know he's obviously not doing great things in prison but i don't know for someone that still and by the end of this movie is trying to still do the right thing and protect him like i think you just at some point up until that threat you'd want to be part of their life right am i crazy about that i don't know so when he gets involved in this riot right and kills a dude in front of a camera and instead of serving his like 16 months or whatever he gets sentenced to like a decade right and at that point he turns to his wife and says forget i exist because i'm sure in his mind it's like i'm dead i'm you know like just forget about me even if i do last 10 years it's 10 years like go live your life so i think that was his intention but then it wasn't until after he got threatened that he wrote that letter to his son yeah so and i guess for me it's the sentence and i get and i hear what you're saying and you're not wrong like i i get him saying look it's you need to divorce me and move on it's 10 years you need to move on with your life and have someone, you know, or have have a life that's not just waiting on me to get out now, especially considering what I've done. But at the same time, like to say, forget I ever existed or forget I exist, like that's a little extreme. And maybe that's just me. Like, I don't know that I'd ever be to a point that I'd say I'm giving up or expecting everyone to give up on their relationship with me. No, come fucking visit me while I'm in prison. God damn it. <laughs> I personally think I'd resonate with some of the decisions he made if it's really 10 years I don't know I could see myself being on more of his side of the fence having someone come visit me for 10 years in prison I've, I feel like I've seen other movies where people make similar decisions where they're at some point in, in those 10 years they would be like why are you still coming I'm still in here because you as the inmate get frustrated that your life is frozen and then you're starting to freeze other people's life in that same circumstance and you want them to go out and be more and maybe it's that altruistic feeling of you love them so much that you don't want to hold them back and maybe that's where he was at and and finally decided it's better if he lets them go than keeps them there that's fair i would definitely not lean that way i'd be too fucking lonely like somebody that's not in prison come see me i kind of on both of your sides like i can resonate with what matson said but at the same time like dude if the only people i have to spend time with is uh are fucking convicted felons and murderers like i would like a normal ass person visiting me every once in a while i'm the same so the other thing that Javier, you kind of brought up too, is the fact that, okay, I did get a little irritated by, okay, you had too much to drink. I get it. There was an accident. But in my opinion, that accident was going to happen whether they'd been drinking or not. And so I think two things. One, because it wasn't the drinking that caused that. It was the trying to knuckles each other, but forgetting, you know, their baseball game or whatever the hell it was. So then this accident happens because he's not looking. And that sure, you can attribute that he made a bad decision not to look at the road because he was had been drinking but then you take in the fact that there's it's so extreme and I get and I love that the exposition was from his lawyer look we have a DA that's all about taking everything to the fullest and you have a DUI manslaughter that's going to carry a maximum six month six year term he's going to go after every bit of it unless you plead out no contest and take you know your 16 months like I was just like it seems like and oh and because they were going to add on some sort of other criminal charge because they 
the guy in the truck that hit him or the van broke his legs. So I was just sitting there going, it just seemed like such an extreme, especially for a first offense. They do so many things for worse crimes on a first offense in real life that says, if you plea out, we'll let you go because they don't want to take a chance on not having the right evidence or whatever it is that you get off. They'd rather have you plead guilty, take a plea deal, do your 16 months or whatever it is. But 16 months even for a DUI, even though this man was killed, which is terrible. He was in the, I, I don't know. To me, it just seemed like an extreme response. That's the point I was trying to make. Right. Like it's totally extreme. Like the the sentencing, the situation that he was put in, like this poor guy was a Wall Street kind of guy. He had some wine at dinner, ran a red light and was unlucky enough to be T-boned. He's not even the one who hit someone. (laughs) Someone else hit him. And because and they didn't even say it's because his friend died. It's because the other do the other the driver of the other car broke his legs. Well, that's the extension. So he was going to get six years for his friend dying. Oh, and then three years for the broken. And legs. then an extra three years for the broken legs. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I'm with you, JJ. That is like because his wife kind of mentions that like they don't put people away from accidents. Yeah. Like, well, that's not true. But like at the same time, like I get the sentiment. Like that, that's insane. Yeah. Well, and to me, like. It's different too than, so look, I do not condone drunk driving at all. It's wrong. It's terrible. It's stupid with all the options that we have, especially nowadays, even back in 2017, when this film was made to get yourself home from the bar or the restaurant or whatever it is. So I do not condone that. But if this guy had gotten in a car and ran over someone because he was shit ripped, this is a different story altogether. I'm not even having this conversation, but the guy was, the guy that died was in the car with him under understood how much each of them had had to drink when they got in the car. And like you said, there was unfortunate series of events that could have been caused by the fact that there was alcohol involved. Can't really say for sure because it's stupid guy shit that was they were doing that we've probably all done sober to a degree in the car. So then they run the red light, they gets hit, he dies in the car, the other guy breaks his legs. In my opinion, I'm just like, God, that's so fucking out there to say, I'm going to give this guy nine years for that, even if it's because it looks good come voting time for DAs. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. He wasn't even hammered. Right. Like he literally had a drink at dinner type of thing. Yeah. And they make a point of that. Here's, you know, we're going to get the extra bottle. Let's get one more bottle. Right. But at most, he probably had one glass, two glasses of wine. But a bottle is going to go a glass a piece for four people ish and two glasses of wine. And he even blows like, what was it? A point one oh. Yeah. That's barely over the legal limit. Now it's over. It's against the law. He needs to be punished. There needs to be recompense. But to put the guy away for nine years based on an accident that that amount of alcohol probably would, I don't know. Anyway. What is the legal limit? 0.8? 0.08 in every state but ours. That's what I mean. 0.05 at ours. I think what's interesting about what you guys are bringing up though is would it make more sense in what's happening in our society today with like Black Lives Matter, for instance, if this main character happened to be black and they were pushing for the maximum sentence, that would have been very believable to me because those things happen, uh, unfortunately, to individuals like that all too often. I think what was shocking is to see that this happened to a white individual in that regard. I was like, oh, like you feel like he was in Wall Street. He had a great life that they would have, it would have been the opposite. Like he would have gotten it reduced and knocked down and he wouldn't have been in the situation he was in. But I mean, obviously it wasn't that way. That's a very valid point you make there. I didn't even think about that. And again, because I'm a privileged white man, so I 
wouldn't look at it that way. But I, so I commend you for looking from that perspective. But yeah, it, that makes it even more questionable to me. And and I get we need the movie, and it makes sense. And I do because he had he like he had the money and the influence. I was like, and his lawyer is telling him this. I was like, he I thought he would just be pissed because he's like, well, what do I have this money for? What am I paying you for? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's a very interesting concept. Would have made more sense from that perspective. Maybe I wouldn't have been as, I'd have been like, oh, that's wrong that he got that. But I get, I understand that that happens. Interesting. All right. So let's talk about this dude as a criminal because once he goes hard, Jesus Christ, this guy goes (laughs) out there. Like no question. I like how in the beginning of the movie, you know, he's a total gangster, right? And dude, the line that really sold it to me was after that party, his welcome home party, right? He gets picked up by the dude from The Walking Dead and he gets taken to this welcome home party there's like hookers and stuff like he just goes all in anyway it gets shot up right and he's driving with that ex-marine kid and he's like if anyone ids me at that party they're green lit spread the word (laughs) and i'm like oh damn like he's like does not mind killing people that's when i kind of realized i'm like this guy's for real like for real for real when it was interesting to see like in the beginning he's kind of taking orders from them in prison but by the time he gets out he's the one ordering them around just interesting to see like him go from oh no there's no problem uh, you know to the one that's now calling out other members of this gang it's just a lot of range for that actor yeah that's very true because he was John Barenthal was ripping his ass when he was first told to put the balloon in his ass the balloon of drugs yeah and he was the one saying is there a problem you know here's the and then when you get out he's afraid of the main character money so it, it, it is a good point Ian that transition there what happened to the dude with the glasses the, and I should know his name because he's pretty he's in burn or burn notice and something oh, else i love him he's also in another show where he pretends to be psychic and bo- dude that movie that show is brutal what happened to that guy though i don't know i don't know that they ever explained he it just he just superseded him in the chain the other one i got confused is like is the guy when they get in he gets in the the self-isolation and it's the guy he has the cage next to that's not mr beast but that other guy and then oh he killed a guard he killed a guard and did they kill him or he put him on death row he was like out because he was trying to get some key he was trying to get something i remember he got disrespected by one of the other guys the guy that when he walked out and the main character money walks out sees the guy and he goes running after him mm-hmm. and then the guy's in the cage yelling him to rip the farmer's head off the guard he killed was the guy that that sprayed money and kept him from killing that guy oh uh, wow so it was I all about that guy or something you picked up on some details man i didn't even realize that yeah i'm, I'm gross that way i <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, say this, this movie never made like Chuck's like long, like tube socks and basically white boxers look so cool if you were jacked. Because man, Dude. I was like, mm-hmm. everyone was jacked. Even the people who weren't jacked looked jacked. The Ripper guy with the like tattoo on his forehead is a beast himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just loved how he was doing squats with the big dude on his shoulder. Yes. <laughs> right. Like I was like, okay, you make your own gym and that shit. I get Javier, it. You got to go to prison for your next uh, boxing training. I mean, I feel dude, like you'd come out Mike on top. Mike Tyson got jacked in prison. So did Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> 
freaking Bill and Ted. Don't even bring that garbage in here. Ian, what a great <laughs> intro that was. That's going to make a beautiful intro. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get um, JJ started. You're going to make him feel like he's funny. <laughs> okay. So the guy I want to talk about is the caseworker who is also an FBI agent, who is also like an ATF agent, who is also like a drug bud, like like a like a DEA agent. What was this dude's job? Jack of all I wondered trade. that same thing. So he was, he was like, seriously, Jack of all trades. He was managing like parolees. I'm like, so is he a parole officer? Right. Or is he a narco? Or is he lent out by the ATF? Like what? Yeah, I'm with you, Javier. What the fuck? Why does this guy got so many jobs? Yeah. And he like tried to like do the whole arm. Oh, and arms dealing, right? Like, so the whole plot of this movie is this dude gets out of prison. Money gets out of prison so he can run that gun trade, right? From those guns from Afghanistan or whatever, which dude, they open up that crate and it's just a crate full of Glocks. <laughs> like, holy <Yeah>. crap. <laughs> well, uh, the other one's a crate full of AKs. Yeah. Uh, I would like to point out, I have no, no criticisms about gun use in this movie. Well, that's good. Yeah. They were, they were used effectively as far as I could tell. <laughs> yeah. So then he, the, this like caseworker decides him and like three other dudes are gonna just be the ones that take care of that. And I'm like, that just doesn't, I was just really confused at what his job was and what he did. Yeah. Well, and I feel like they rushed his, they tried to make him likable with the whole inch, intro to him, right? He's going to the his parolee's house yeah. because he's a pedophile and he's got some 14-year-old girl in his house, which, I mean, instantly you're like, oh, take care of that shit, right? But, and then he stands at a door, knocks on it and gets shot like three times in through the door in the chest. And then they never really do anything except it shows him a little while later after money gets out and he's got bruises on his torso from the bullet wound, the bullets hitting his jacket and i'm like that's it like i'm supposed to root for this guy it didn't click me because then they showed him like he was taking the pills and you're like okay is this gonna like mess up his judgment is this gonna come back to haunt him later like his his co-workers are like hey man you need to take some time off and things like that and, and then it kind of just went away I was like, okay, yeah. so why did we even go through that? Because it literally was not a, a point for the second half of the movie. It made no sense to even have that there. Yeah. So let me throw this at you because I had a thought as I was watching this. And like I said, it was the second time I've seen this and it's been a minute. But I started thinking as I'm watching this, how cool, how much even cooler this movie would have been if on one side we have this guy that was an upstanding citizen, had too much to drink, gets an accident, kills someone, goes to jail, becomes like the top gangster in in prison, at least when it comes to running the white supremacist gang, right? On the flip side, you have the comparative story of this police officer. And in this case, maybe it's he had a hard upbringing, right? He maybe he was part of a gang when he was a kid, who knows? And then he grew up, became a police officer, and he's trying to get back into the, you know, keep his life on the right track. And these two worlds collide. Now, if you can make me feel something for both, because we obviously feel a certain kind of way for money, because it's a terrible situation he's in, you're frustrated at the way he changes, but I felt nothing for this cop and I wanted to because I was like, how cool would that be that these two worlds collide and this cop's trying to help him. He's trying to keep his family safe and they're trying to, and I think that's what they were trying to do, but I just, they just missed the mark with, mm -hmm. with the cop. I'd agree. That was my biggest qualm with the movie. Yeah, I agree. Can we talk about the, the, some of the deaths in this movie though? I mean, can you talk about how many times you can take a shiv and just quickly stab someone? Oh my goodness man that was rough i think my biggest issue was him sneaking the razor blade back in because they would have checked him for oh, sure in the lip in the lips the the yeah. chapstick i don't know why but yeah. that one like sticks out to me as like a very obvious plot hole they definitely do 
they definitely do cavity searches before you go to prison. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how he got that thing in there. I don't know how else you write it to give a quick closing. But at the same time, he owned some of the guards, right? So like, true. I can see that like working. They could have just explained it a little bit better, right? <laughs> like, yeah, and I think that was for me because I I thought and I and I because I thought the same thing. And I was like, now hold on, they would have searched his butt for that. And then I was like, yeah, but maybe it was one of these guards, like this guy that knows who he is and knows just don't mess with this shit because he's on the payroll, right? So maybe they they didn't mess with it or they just did a half-assed check. Anyway. (laughs) A half-assed check. That's right. Nice. <laughs> See, I'm funny. Fuck off. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Um, but to your point, Matt, some of the deaths and, and none to be overshadowed were John Barent was John Barenthal's death. When he, he's got those knives and he's got one in each hand and his mm-hmm. sleeves are all oh. duct taped closed. And he just starts swinging away and stabbing with that knife. Oh man, it was brutal. Dude, Matt, you know what that reminded me of? You know what that reminded me of. Uh, um, I don't. Ah, ah, that movie with Denzel. Um, oh, you're talking about the second one, Equalizer 2 at the end when he just, just, oh, yes. he ends it when he rips his rib cage with those knives. Yes. Yes. That's oh. what the, it wasn't as brutal. Like, I don't think the, the shot caller scene was as brutal, but like the dual wielding knives and just cutting them up, like cutting his hand and his arm. That's what I reminded me of. And I was like, oh, yeah, that Equalizer death scene. That one is one of the worst knife scenes I think I've seen in a movie. Yeah. Including the John Wick tomahawk to the head. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Can we also talk about John Barenthal in that if you talk about him in The Punisher, you talk about him in, you know, The Walking Dead, you talk about him in ah, all the these Punisher. things. I feel bad for making a Walking Dead reference when he was in The Punisher. Oh, that's okay. I mean, he, his career was made on The Walking Dead. Yeah, so he was so much better in The Punisher. For sure, he Definitely. that was his epic. Like he was no better than anything in the Punisher. So this guy can act like he is damaged better than anybody I've ever seen. Like he's laying there dying and he's trying to talk and he's spitting blood. And I believe it every time he does something like that. Like I believe that this guy's fucked up. Like physically, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like even in the Punisher, he'll take these beatings and he'll start trying to talk, or and he's just having a hard time, or he's moving. And I believe like a lot of actors, they get beat up or they got some damage and they they look at it and they're like oh it hurts and it's just hard to believe this guy he's dying and i'm cringing because i'm like oh fuck he's bleeding and spit and i'm like that just seems so real and he's that way every time he does something like that so nicole walks into the room as during this scene he's dying and i i'm like watching it and i look at her and she looks at the screen and then looks at me i'm like uh he's dying I didn't know what else to say. And she's like, no, I got that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what are you going to say? He he likes the color red or something? Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, it didn't need to be said is my point. <laughs> so I, obviously he goes, it doesn't work out for poor money. He Because he sets himself up. He realizes that John Barenthal's character is setting him up. To, he's snitching. So he kills him, which I found interesting. But it, it doesn't afford him his attack on Beast. We find out that he wants to go back to prison. So that he can kill the beast and save, keep his family safe after because he knows that as long as he's out there he's got to work for him because the beast will have his family killed. Okay, see, so, so that's, that's, that confuses me then. Then why kill Shotgun? Why not just let him go through snitching, get arrested, kill the beast? See, and I, yeah, I mean, I have that same question. I, we I had don't to get back to prison. It's a good question. Yeah, 
because he still would go back to prison because yeah. if if shotgun gets him snitched on he'd still be there i get it but i th- all he's got to do is show up and get arrested isn't didn't we see that he's a hardened enough criminal he's like he's 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 a killer now yeah but why right like so what i really like about money is that he did everything he had to do to survive in prison and then he found out that it doesn't end when he leaves prison right and he was like visibly kind of upset about that so it just d- didn't like make sense to me like why go through the trouble of killing shotgun if it's just not necessary if like you can you can achieve the same results which is basically dismantling beast well i guess not his operations but killing beast and protecting your family yeah now the only thing that it doesn't do for you is he's not the snitch anymore which is why beast wanted to see him and mm-hmm. got him out there but i still would have a hard time believing that beast wouldn't have asked to see him once yeah. he's back in. even if it's just a hey this fucking sucks that shotgun did that Thanks for doing what you did. We'll, we'll try to get you out of here or whatever it is. And now he's not in there for, you know, if he doesn't do that, he may not be in there for life because, all you know, murdering Beast is part of the reason that he, well, no, that was they threatened him with death row because of murdering Shotgun. So I don't know. I'm with you. I didn't know why he had to kill him other than the only other thing I thought of was the kid because he was in it with Shotgun. So if he doesn't kill Shotgun, this kid's going to sell the other set of guns, which money's figured out about at this point. Well, that and, and the kid said he doesn't want to be a part of a gang. And I don't know maybe it was still the good part of money that was like if I don't I have a chance to kill this guy for what I deem the right reasons and I can protect this kid so shotgun doesn't pull him into the gang and destroy his life I mean that's a stretch but could see it dude talk talk about a way out right that's what I was thinking when he when they're in the truck and he puts the gun to that kid's head and he's like asking about the other guns and he's like you're gonna vanish and if I ever if I so much as hear your name again I'm gonna kill you but I'm like what a nice guy right because it'd be easier just to kill him if you're actually concerned about that (laughs) well and that's why I say the only thing that makes sense about killing shotgun to me is that that's the only way to keep this kid out of it yeah but I think they missed the mark in showing that because they could have made it more obvious about the fact that, look, I didn't want this life. I chose this life because I was afraid and because it made sense to me that was the only way I was going to survive prison. You can stay out of it and do good things. Get the fuck out of this truck. Like all it would have taken was something like that, though the fear of him killing him later wouldn't have been there. So I don't know. But that's the only thing that made sense. I just wish they would have done a little bit better at showing it. But yeah, it was fun to watch him kill the beast and the poor cop that he got the little razor blade to his throat Mm -hmm. and was like, get back in there. Hang out while I kill this big bastard. Dude, I really appreciated the beast not being like a pansy boss because he's like, he sees what money's doing. He's like, all right, let, let's let's do this. Let's do this, yeah. money. I'm like, yes. Just and he work. went after him hard. If it weren't for the fact that he had that razor blade, beast oh. probably would have beat his ass. Oh, money would have been toast. He was like twice the size of money. Yeah. He was a huge you know what person. feeding the beast. And he was on him as soon as those doors were man on top that's crazy literally on top of him choking him as his like artery is being sliced yeah as he's bleeding all over money oh that was a wild scene reminded me of the ufc when like someone has a really bad cut over their eyebrow (laughs) it's like dripping everywhere yeah Yeah. we ready to rate this thing yeah just do it all right so if it's your first time joining us we do run a zero to five scale zero being absolute garbage five being a beautiful movie so let's kick this thing 
off. Matson, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I'm going to give this movie a solid 3-5. It might be a little higher than, than some of you're giving, but I got to admit, despite all the kind of the plot ex- extremeness that we have been talking about, man, I, I got to be honest, I, I like this movie. I enjoyed, as I talked about it being the character progression, is really what took it over the top for me. Just really enjoyed seeing money go from what he was to what he became. It just resonates with me that I could see people having to make decisions like that in their lives where your life might be good now, but with some crazy circumstances or not even as crazy as that, you're going to be put in situations where you have to make tough decisions. And those decisions will then reflect on the person that you're going to be from those things. And to me, in the essence of this movie, that's what it showed me. And that's what I took away from this. And for that reason, I really liked it. And then just, I mean, a sucker for for prison movies and, and some prison violence. They did not shy away from showing how it could be, albeit probably a little bit more extreme than the actual reality. But in short, for me, it was about the, the character progression of money. So 3.5, I, I probably will watch this movie again at some point. I mean, I, I wouldn't turn it down. Javier. Okay, yeah. I really like this movie. I think there are a couple of plot holes, but I think you'd be hard to find a movie that doesn't have a few plot holes or whatever. Yeah, I'm with Matt's and I'm a sucker for a good prison movie. And this is a good prison movie. I talked to my boss that I told him we were watching this movie and he was like, Shot Caller is a super underrated movie. And I'd agree. Like, I'm really glad I watched it. So I'm going to I'm going to give this a four. Actually, I really liked it. I'd totally watch it again. I did enjoy it. And and I do agree that it's an underrated movie, especially because it's most people you talk about it and they've never even heard of it. And I know Ian and I talked about it a long time ago and I'd forgotten I'd even watched it when it came up. It's it's one of those movies that just kind of slips under the radar. It's a fun movie. It's interesting. There's some great performances. There's some tough things to watch. There's hard storylines and some very interesting truths to realize as you're watching. Where would you go? What would you do if you were in that kind of situation? So I really like that part of it. To Javier's point, there are some plot holes and I know that most movies do have some plot holes, but there were enough that it kind of, as I watched it this time, some of them rubbed me the wrong way. And I was just like, ah, that just feels lazy. Or they feel like they missed a a great opportunity here. Like I said, with the cop and, you know, some little things that they could have filled in, but overall, fun movie. I'm going to give it a three. I liked it. I would probably watch it again. I don't know that I'd go out of my way, but if it was on and somebody wanted to watch it, or if I was just in a mood for a great prison movie, as everybody's talking about, I'd pick it up and watch it. Ian, finish us off with your recommendation movie here. You bet. I recommend this movie. I wasn't sure if it was the lag or I just had to wait for the joke to land. No, I've watched this movie probably about four times now. My brother recommended it to me. Like you guys have said, it's a sleeper movie and I like that about it. It's one of those that you can pick up and watch and be really surprised by how much you walk away liking it. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Hurt Locker that way where it's it's got a lot of plot holes and it's not really realistic, but it's a really enjoyable movie. I enjoyed the range of the actor, Nikolaj. Like there's even times where you can see him almost like slip from the hardened criminal into like his former self, like when they're about to get like the Philly cheesesteaks, like little details like that where you can see the actor like slip in and out of these two lives. It's very interesting to me. So I am going to give it a four. I've watched it, rewatched it a few times and I really enjoy this movie. I'm glad you guys liked it too. And then we could get a prison movie on the books. <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's our ratings for Shot Caller. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to us. Next week, we're reviewing the movie, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Netflix original movie. Should be an interesting review. So tune in for that one next week. And 
Matson, why don't you tell them where they can find us? Yeah, as always, friends, hit us up on that social media, Instagram and Facebook. Check out our website. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Ghana. And if you want to check out our YouTube channel as well, we're doing a lot of spoiler free. So you can check us out there or on our website as well. Come chime in, slide into our DM, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Matson. That's it. That's our verdict. Again, we appreciate you tuning in. Come visit us, leave some comments, communicate. Let us know what you want us to watch. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Cinematic out.